Good morning, and welcome to Get Enlightened with me, Lauren Scott. I'm so excited to have my friend Max here. He is incredible. Welcome to the show, Mr. Dr. Max Mox. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me, Lauren. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to catch up, and I'm so glad to to share the story with everybody because I really do think that it's just a beautiful story. So welcome to it. Um, Let's start where we got, where we met. I met Max, how many years ago was it? Because it was y'all's second trip, right? Oh my gosh, that was, so that was the first time we went, I think it was around 2015, 2016, maybe somewhere in that, those two years there. So it's almost been a good 10 years here, dear. Yeah, because we went, we went together, we traveled three trips together, right? Three trips? Yes, I believe, because you weren't going to come the third trip. And then we said, you know what, let's do it. And then, you know, then, yeah, I, yeah. And then I think COVID hit. Yeah. So that would make sense. Max and his dog and his dad, I call him doc. Y'all, y'all hear it. uh, (laughs) They were one of the first groups with uh, the University of Pittsburgh. Correct. Correct. Am I? The University of Pittsburgh Dental School to bring the first group over to Bright Island Outreach. And I was serving on the board kind of as, what would we call me? The activity coordinator? <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's solid right there. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to bring you onto the show to really talk about like how y'all find Bright Island. What was your reason on getting involved? How it got involved? Because I know the story, but let's share it with the world. So it's up to you. Let's take it away. Take it away. Okay, so actually, we weren't the first group from Pitt to come down. It was one of the fourth years when I was a freshman at dental school who did it. So it was probably like three years before ours, they had a group come down, which I was completely unaware of until I got in charge of the fraternity there. But um, they they started that and they had the one. So whoever the who the president was, his name was Ryan. He actually got in touch with me when I was a second year becoming a third year. And he said, you should really do this. These guys are awesome. Let me put you in touch with them. And he put me in touch with Jonathan and Eric. And um, lo and behold, we we got to talking and we planned this trip. I got like. I think it was like eight or 10 of my close buds to, you know, go down and actually get to experience this, which was great because in dental school, when you go from second to third year, you get very much less into book work and very much into clinical. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's sort of just like throwing us into the boiling pot of water. So with these mission trips, just sort of how it's geared up is you can go on these between your second and third year and you can actually get some clinical experience down in these. So like there's a Honduras, there's a Jamaica, there's a, you know, Dominican Republic one, you know, and you can get this experience of giving injections and working on these people who are so thankful for this work. You know, they don't care that you're students it's and you're overseen by doctors. So you're doing good work still, but you get to at least, you know, get your hands wet and get to experience, you know, a couple fillings, a couple extractions, you know, get to work with, you know, injections before you're just thrown in, you know, the States here where, you know, everyone's kind of looking at you, you know, big googly eyed, like, do you know what you're doing? Yeah. Well, so I thought it was so interesting. So for our listeners, Bright Island Outreach was a charity that I always called it like cowboy dentistry because 
you know, oh, I think any of those any of those mission trips you go on down there, you know, it's not only Bright Island, it's you know, it's just it's fly by the seat of your pants. You gotta work for these people and you gotta give them the best treatment you can. And I'll tell you what, those conditions down there, they're not the best. So they're it's not. you gotta work with what you're given and it's cowboy up, baby. And we did. I, I wanna say you on the very first trip that I went with y'all, um, was it eight hundred, nine hundred people that were seen the, that very first time? I get all the numbers confused, but that was, like I said, we only had eight or 10 guys, I think, come down. And then fortunately, the dental school down there came and helped us. So we, yeah, we banged out a lot for, I mean, you know, I have never seen numbers anything like, like it because that was my, when my very first trip was with y'all's group. So I guess that's why I thought that that was y'all's first trip too. Um, my very first Which is fun. I mean, for, yeah, for our generation in the dental school, yes, it was. So it's, you know, that's not a wrong statement whatsoever. Well, and, and your group was so kind and I, the best. I think I went on six or seven different schools and y'all's were the ones that I kept going back to with <laughs> because we had, we had so much fun. But um, your students actually, they knew their shit. You know, it's you, you were talking about how you're only in clinicals. You're not really doing the work. Tell, right. tell them how, what you mean by that, because it's one thing to learn it on a computer screen, but I feel like dentistry is something that you would really want to get your hands, like actually doing it. It is. And it's, you know, it's one of those things. So dental school, and it's, it's very much any other, you know, medical school is the same way. You know, the first, you know, half of your schooling is all book work and all, you know, learning, you know, pharmacology, learning biology, learning anatomy, you know, learning all those specific references. But, you know, yeah, that helps, but you kind of have to throw it, not, I want to say out the window, but, you know, it, there's a certain, you know, advantage to getting in the clinic and actually working on people because they teach you how to prep things on plastic teeth and plastic simulators. Mm -hmm. Nothing cuts like a real tooth. Nothing's going to cut like an act. You know, it, it's the same as, you know, you can use pig skin or, you know, whatever the medical school uses, but nothing's actually going to cut like human skin or anything like that. So the only way you really get to experience that is through clinical and through working on people, which they kind of just throw you into it and it's, you know, trial by fire. And like I said, you have docs, you know, sort of holding your hand and teaching you, but good example, injections, the lab you learn injections, which I laugh that patients don't know this. We practice on each other. Yeah. They say grab a partner and you're going to inject each other. And we're sitting there needle shaking in hand because, you know, yeah, they said, oh, you feel for the ramus, you know, you feel for your jaw here and there and you aim for this spot, but you know, you don't know until you're in there. So it's, and like I said, you do, they call it stab lab. The kids do, which is awful, but <laughs> it's kind of true. <laughs> but, um, you just go and you do the different injections on your, basically your friend. And then that's it. That's all the practicing you get. And then you're thrown into the real world and here's a patient go. So and it's, do you it's think a little, it's, you know, you have to take these mission trips. Like, are y'all required to take a trip or? So you don't have to take these mission trips, but I think it is so advantageous to take them. Cause like I was saying, then you get, especially in between your second and third year, when you are starting to go into that clinical realm that you do, you get to, you know, work on patients, you get to, you know, get the needle in hand, do an inject, do more than one injection. You know, you get to get the idea of how a, 
you know, pulling a tooth works and the steps to do that. You get how, you know, you just get a better feel for drilling and for fillings. And, you know, even then the great thing about Bright Island was we were doing root canals, you yeah. know, so you or, you know, we're able to drop into one or two teeth because that's and here's the more political realm of dental school is these kids aren't getting a lot of requirements. There just aren't a lot of people coming into the dental school because everybody has insurance now. Mm-hmm. So they're not getting a lot of hands on work. And when they come out of school, they're not adequately prepared. And it's, you know, it's up to the residencies or the dentist that, you know, hires them on to sort of take them under their wing and say, hey, this is how this is going to work now that you're out of school. Because that's like I said, that's a whole nother thing is now you're not cutting through red tape and having, you know, these step by step procedures. It's how much can you get done in the time that is allotted? So this person gets the best treatment, mm-hmm. you know. So there's, I mean, in, like I said, that's just pitfalls of politics and school and, you know, everything, which, you know, that's, that's a whole nother topic though. So um. <laughs> I feel like we should do a follow up on dental school. <laughs> this is why you should, because I mean, it's not something that, that normal, you know, unless you're in it, you don't really understand it. You have no Absolutely. idea about it. I, that you was one of the biggest doing. things that I remember with y'all is sitting down with y'all talking and asking questions because God knows, you know, I've always interviewed. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but like asking those questions because, you know, dentistry was, I, I had no idea. Nothing. Oh, right. Yeah, you came from the football world or the baseball world, I believe. And you were just like, oh, this is, you know, a philanthropy event that I can, you know, look for. And I was like, well, this is going to be a whole new whole new realm for you to. (laughs) It was. And and I got to help. I mean, it was. Yeah, you were cleaning instruments. You were a go-getter. You were were getting your hands dirty there. I was getting my hands dirty and all of it. It was so much fun. It's, it's, you know, I've done a lot of charity and a lot of international charity with different, with Food for the Hungry for Bright Island. Um, But Bright Island, the dentistry part of it, I actually loved. Like, I, I tell my son dentist is a good job to go down. (laughs) I mean, there, you know what, and there are pros and cons to every job, but it is. And it's, you know, you have to like it though. Like I, like today my schedule was insane and my assistant was ready to shoot me, I'm sure. And, um, you know, but that's, that's what happens. You know, if you don't have cancellations and stuff, you have to try to get these people in and get them at least seen. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, you are running around like a chicken with your head cut off, but that's, that's part of the job. And that's like I said, any job, you know? So what is the difference in, um, the schooling that, because how long have you been out? Seven years? Six years? Um, I graduated in 17, so it's been six and a half. Yeah. It'll be six and a half or a little bit. Do you see a big difference in the generational, um, from when you were there to now, even in the LGBTQ community? Uh, um, LGBT, yeah, yeah, definitely in that community. However, I think COVID screwed a lot of things up, so it's not even fair to compare at this point. Yeah, because things have changed so much that it's you know I I ask the kids now I'm like you know what's going on and everything they say is not you know anything like what we went through. So I think that's just administration change, and I think it was COVID and dealing with COVID. And so I, unfortunately, I don't think it's fair to compare, um, you know, from a, you know, LGBT, wow, I'm getting my letters mixed up. 
<laughs> but from that standpoint, I just, it's nice to see that there, there's a club now for it. And, you know, it, it's becoming a lot more open. And I think that conversation has opened up a lot more to make it easier on people. Not that, you know, my generation had it so hard, but the generation before me even, you know, yeah, so. Like your dad's generation. So it's, it's definitely, even when I was going through, it opened up a lot more, but even now seeing everything, you know, you, you know, you see that rainbow flag everywhere, which is, is great. You know, it's, it's now on the top, you know, people are talking about it and, you know, respecting, attempting to respect it. Let's say that. Um, so it's, it's definitely nice to see. What about in the dental world with AI? Because, you know, in the medical world, there's a lot of AI that's that's been around for the last 10 years. It's, it's been filtered in, but with the dental world, do y'all use a lot of AI? Do you think that, that it's going to go AI? I mean, it's absolutely going to go AI. Um, I, you know, they sometimes consider us in Pittsburgh here in the rust belt. Um, it's, it's a little slower than, you know, what they're seeing in LA and Vegas and, you know, all that New York, um, but you know, where things are going, I mean, you know, you're scanning teeth now, you're not taking impressions anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're sending that scan to a 3d mill machine that is in your office now, and you can work up the crown on the computer screen in front of the patient and show them what you're doing. I just had now, that done two weeks ago. <laughs> it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, you know, but then you have, you know, generational dentists like my dad who are still doing impressions and they don't care to learn AI because they're going to be retiring in, you know, five years, you know, so it's, there are different things you see. Um, the new thing coming down the line is 3d printing. You know, I know a lot of the schools you're now taking, if a person has an existing denture, you can take a wash impression, they call it, and you can actually scan the inside of the denture. So it is on that scanner and you can now 3D print dentures. Wow. So it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting what, um, what AI has to offer in the future. And, you know, that's why we have to do CE credits. That's why you have to do continuing education because things are constantly changing. New things are coming out, which is also frustrating because you get one piece of technology that's really expensive. And three years later, they're like, oh, well, we have something newer and better. Do you want to trade yours in? And I'm like, I just spent X amount of thousands of dollars on this machine that's not even three years old, you know? Wow. So it's, you know, it's fun, but it's sort of, you know, things are constantly getting worked on, which is great. But at the same time, you got to keep tabs on everything because everything's constantly changing. Well, with that being said, what would you say to any young dentists that are just starting out trying to get into it? What, what would be the top three things that you would tell them going through school, coming out and whether they start their own business or get under another practice? What are those top three kind of going through school? I always tell the kids, I say, put your head down and learn the ropes, especially that first year in clinic. Just do what you're told. I don't care if the teachers mean, I don't care if they're making you do every little, you know, piece of work. It's put your head down, learn the way of the land. And then you can start trying to cut corners. Don't try to go in there and be a big shot and cut corners and tick the upper class students off who, you know, you might be trying to steal a patient or something because then you're just ticking everybody off. And then it's it's a small community. So word gets around and it's it'll just be ugly for you. Teachers know 
teachers will not, you know, not that they don't like working with you, but it's just they make your life harder because they know you're trying to, you know, beat the system. So put your head down, do what you're told, you know, enjoy working with the teachers, let them teach you, know who the, you know, teachers who are, you know, I hate even saying this, the teachers who are there to teach, you know, they enjoy teaching, they they did their clinical rounds, they know that, you know, use them to your benefit, you know, don't, don't try to cut those corners right away because it won't work out. Um, secondly, I would say when you're about to graduate with, which like I said, I'm not sure how requirements are right now, um, but definitely go into a residency would be my best suggestion. Um, I was very fortunate that I have my, I had my dad, um, and I went right into working, which I don't, you know, I don't regret. And I have friends that did it that don't regret it. But I also, my dad is a generational dentist, like I was saying, and he doesn't do implants, yeah. you know, he doesn't use scans. So, you know, where I could have gone to a residency and learned scanning procedures and learned how to place implants and, you know, been under somebody who does that and made it a little bit easier for me, that would have been a lot nicer. Um, you know, so definitely, you know, look into residencies or, um, you know, I know a lot of hospitals, VAs do that. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be my suggestion. Um, and then as far as owning a practice, it, it's totally dependent on you. I know you and I were talking this before we got on, but I've learned that I don't like managing. I, I don't like, you know, my dad, my, yeah, my dad was an owner and he, you know, we're both type B more so. And I, I like walking in, doing the dentistry that I love and walking out. And that doesn't want happen when you own an office. You know, if the, our furnace just went down, it's getting cold out. Hey, I had to call a furnace person and be there when he called back. You know, it's, it, it's office, it's, it's business. It's, you know, things that they don't teach you in school. So you, you really have to take that into account. I have um, friends now that we're six years out that are buying practices and they're going, Oh my God, I never thought of this. And I went, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they think, Oh, it's going to be our practice. I, the money's going to be huge. You know, they, the money does get better. That is a very good incentive to do it. However, you have a lot more responsibility. And it, it, like I said, it's just weigh your pros and cons. I mean, it's, you know, there, there's a niche, you know, there's like a little niche for everybody. So it, it's totally, you know, don't, don't be too quick to start, even though I know some people that are doing very well that got practices, you know, one, two years out of school and they're franchising now. It's oh, nice. so it's, yeah, I mean, there are some people doing very, very well. So it depends. And, you know, then, you, you know, it depends what area of the country you're in, you know, like I said, Vegas and LA, you're doing veneers and crowns and all this aesthetic work, you know, the Kim Kardashian smile mm -hmm. here. I'm lucky if I can get a veneer on, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes outside of Pittsburgh because it's not covered by insurance. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's another little tidbit. It's, you know, what do you want to do? What do you, you know, do you want to focus on implants? Do you want to focus on, you know, veneers? Do you want to focus on dentures and prosthodontics? You know, it's, so it's, there's a whole lot to think about when you get out of school that you don't realize. Well, I think that's a good start on to bringing that forward with, with, students because it isn't something that they think about and it is something that I know we all talked about even around round table discussions when we were on the mission trips is how it shocked the third year students that they were actually having to step into oh my gosh what am I going to do <laughs> next right. next year you right. know what I mean like it's it's yeah. not something that's taught in school <laughs> like no, it's not and it's you know that 
you know, that, yeah, that would be one more class that you don't want to take, but on, and that'd be one more class that you'd fall asleep in. But honestly, that's the class that you probably should pay the most attention in, you know? So it's, it's tough. And then, like I said, then you can get into curriculum and all the good politics of school and everything, but that's, that's for another day. Well, for let's shout out your socials where, because you're in Pittsburgh. So shout out the, shout out everything. Tell them where to find okay. you. My socials where my business is on Facebook and Instagram at Doctors Mock Associates. And then my personal, I'm on um, Instagram as General Maximus. And then I'm on Facebook as Max Mock. So Y'all, go follow him. He, him and his dad are the best. Uh, like, seriously, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for giving a little intel to like what dentistry really is about. I just, and hopefully we've reached somebody who has either a child or is fixing to go to dental school. And this can give them a little bit of an idea of what to look for, some things to do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, if anybody's looking for a mission trip, just look out there. I mean, there's Bright Island Outreach. Absolutely. Reach out to those guys. But there's tons of them out there. And it's not only dentistry. I know we've had optometry guys go down there. There's there's a bunch of stuff that you can do that, you know, helps third world countries like that. So there really is. And it takes big hearts to do what y'all do. So thank you so much, Max. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Lore. Love you. Love you. Give give your love, love to yeah. give the love to your dad. And thank you everybody for listening to Get Lightened with me, Lauren Scott. See you next week.